Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome to episode 231 of Geek Time Radio. I'm back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Good, good. So what have you been up to? It's been a few weeks since you've been on last. It has been a while, but anyone who has followed my episodes know that I'm a big Canadian TV fan and I have been catching up on Corona, which you can see on Universal TV. Yes, and it stars Sarah Swan, who probably best known for a show called Breakout Kings. Right, okay. Which was ages ago. She appeared in Smallville. That cancelled Marvel thing. Um... We don't speak about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that at all, Dave. That, that's, that's not okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not okay. It's not okay to mention that. <laughs> But yeah, and so Coroner, as it suggests, is about a young woman, recently widowed woman with a teenage son who takes over as the chief coroner in, I think it's Toronto. Right. Once you watch the first episode, you quickly find out that she's um, suffering from what seems like PTSD from a mysterious thing that happened in her youth, including like she has like panic attacks and hallucinations and stuff, all while, you know, finding out who killed various murders over the season. Yeah. And the reason why I sort of, I had watched like maybe the first half, but it's pretty dark. Yeah. It's like dealing with her mental health stuff. It is pretty dark. So I actually took a break from it. But I follow one of the actors, Roger Cross, who you'll know instantly if you watch any sci-fi. I've seen in Dark Matter. Right. He, okay. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he, yeah. He was one that stars Dark Matter. But yeah, I was just following him on Instagram and they showed they'd done the rap for season two. So okay. I thought I might as well catch up and finish off season one yeah so yeah it's a really great show it's just just be warned it's dark and it deals with mental health yeah it goes in pretty hard but yeah cool. i would recommend it one of those serious procedurals it's one that came on and i kind of thought that looks quite interesting and then didn't actually get around to watching it because there's so much other stuff out there right yeah. now so but maybe maybe one I'll, I'll get to over christmas when things have calmed down a bit although there's so no, much stuff coming out over christmas. On christmas when like <laughs> tv explodes yes but the screen will explode from all the things that are coming out within a week. Yes, yes, maybe around not. that date. It's crazy. See, yeah, I, I, you, I'm used to kind of Christmas post Christmas thing where things slow down a bit, but yeah, all, yeah, all that's the, what I'm used to. When it's like nothing, there's a dearth of TV for a good like month and a half after Christmas. Yeah, but it even, seems like Netflix saw an opening, and went nope. Yeah, but that's not happening. That. No, and Netflix really have filled that gap. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit mental over the next few weeks, months. Um, so what else have you been 
been watching? I'm a big fan of making as much use as Amazon Prime as possible. Of course. And so I found, because I, I love disaster films, and I found a disaster film that stars the late, great Luke Perry. Ah. And it's called Descent. Made a TV movie, and it was back in 2005. And watching him makes you realize just how young he really was because he looks like he looks about 20 in this. Right. In it, he's a, um, I guess, geologist with a specialism in volcanic activity. Okay. When we first see him, he's just going around and he's noticing some strange things have happened. And we find out that his two ex partners have done that thing that scientists always do, which is accept a um, military contract. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. some Thing goes wrong, of resulting course. in volcanoes just popping off everywhere. Well, obviously, yes, obviously. So yeah, it's just it's just that it's just a simple cheesy disaster film. It's more an adventure than like your traditional disaster films, which you know tend to have a lot of scenes of random people dying horribly. But this one really just stays on Luke Perry, his two postgrad students. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a fun thing. It's also got Michael Dorn in it. Yes, Wolf. I think yes. he's probably best known with as his from voice. Yes, because he's that voice. Yep. Yep, that's Wolf. <laughs> yeah, he stars as um, General. And obviously, you know, he's going to be the bad guy because, you know, military contracts, generals. Yes, obviously. But it is. Bit of fun. Nice way to spend an hour and a half. And it's for the Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's also got Natalie Brown in it, who played the wife in The Strain. Oh, that's where she's from. <laughs> yeah. I looked at her and went, I know you. Yeah. I can't remember um, yes, where. Not, I... She's really not in it. She's in. Right, she, got, okay. she has seen that, and she's in it less than ten seconds. Ah, right. Okay. And I looked at it and went, "I know you. I've seen you before. I watched Australian for a while before I just gave up." Right. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. But anything else? The other thing is, I have been slowly carefully watching season two of Impulse, yes. the YouTube premium series starring Maddy Hassan. It's part of the Jumper universe. Oh, okay. Right, yes. Underrated Hayden Christensen joint. Again, another serious thing. It deals heavily with sexual assault. It's dealt with throughout the entire two seasons. Right, okay. And it's got trigger warnings in it. And they're in there for a reason. Right. So that's not something that you particularly want to see. You don't, that you can't. Don't watch it, yeah. It's not something you can watch around. Yeah, okay. It's a lot about your woman sort of dealing with that. But it's an excellent show. It has compelling characters. The character, Maddie Hassapace, Henry, with her single mother, they move in with a widower and his daughter. And all of them just really deep, interesting characters. I think it's a little town in the state of New York. Right. So up in the off near the border very cold very desolate it's a really interesting show it's got a lot of layers in it and yeah I would definitely recommend it as a different form of hard sci-fi yeah that's a really interesting mix I might have to go and check that out because it's not one I've looked at okay cool for me I have just spent the weekend at Wales Comic Con, which confusingly is in Telford. Uh, so, the, yes, well, slightly. Uh, and there were a few jokes made up on stage from some of the guests about where are we? I don't particularly the Americans. Like, I don't understand where we are because um, it's Wales Comic Con and it was called Telford Takeover. Basically, what had happened was they'd outgrown the venue that they were 
using in Wales. And rather than try and find another venue in Wales, they decided to go to Telford, which is about half an hour away from where I'm based. So, you know, that that was actually quite convenient for me. So I, I went along, uh, partly because I saw the guest list. And I know you looked at the guest list as well. It's nuts. Easily probably like the V most high profile guest list I've seen in the UK in a good five years. Yeah. That's, how, that's how good that guest list was. It was an absolutely mental guest list. Uh, I mean, you got Matt Smith, David Tennant uh, from Doctor Who, Zach Levy, Lee Pace, uh, Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn, whole of the Smallville cast. So Tom Welling, Erica Durance, Michael Rosebaum, Laura Van der Voot, whatever her name is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got uh, Tyler Hoechlin, Colton Hayes, Mark Shepard from Supernatural and a million other things, Alex Kingston from Doctor Who, Catherine Tate, Aidan Turner, Dino Gorman, Bernard Hill from Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, those sorts of things. Uh, a whole bunch of Game of Thrones people, including Mark Addy, Isaac Hempstead Wright, Kristen Nahn, Clive Mantle, Ewan Rion was there as well, which who's not even on the guest. I mean, that was a guest that he's there, wasn't even on the list I'm looking at now. Chris Judge and Colin Namek from Stargate. There was David Bradley was there. David Morrissey was there with Josh McDermott from The Walking Dead. Brandon Routh, Matt Ryan from Legends and Arthur Davil as well. Uh, Emma Caulfield, Claire Kramer from Buffy. Just a ridiculous... I mean, oh, James Purfoy as well from Altered Carbon and again, a million other things. Oh, yeah. Donald Logue from Gotham. Rose McGowan was there randomly um, huh. as was Tom Misson from Sleepy Hollow and currently in The Watchmen he's a pretty cool guy I remember, I remember interviewing yeah, him yeah we've we've interviewed him before on various things I mean there was various power ranges around some rugby stars you've got Charles Martinet who's the voice of Super Mario randomly was there Jonathan Hyde from The Strain honestly it was the most ridiculous set of people it was one of those things that you just looked at it and go well I have no idea what sort of coverage I'm going to get going to this con but it's worth a punt you know it's like half an hour away it's worth worth me going to check it out so I went along and actually managed to get not direct interviews with with a lot of the people because I mean there were there's a lot of signing and stuff that goes on there and uh, the venue actually pretty good traffic was a bit snarly on Saturday but getting in and out of the venue not too bad generally but I did manage to go and basically just take a load of the panel and go and record videos for the panel. So they're now all up on our YouTube channel. We've got a panel for uh, Teen Wolf, which was Tyler Hoechlin, Colton Hayes and Ian Bowen, who were Derek Jackson and Peter from yeah. Teen Wolf. Catherine Tate did half an hour, pretty much it was a half an hour stand-up set Q&A. She kind of had no interviewer and just was asking questions of the audience and joking. And I mean, she was brilliant. My favourite panel, probably of the entire thing, Guardians of the Galaxy with Sean Gunn and Michael Rooker. It was all going really calmly at the start and Sean mm-hmm. Gunn, because Rooker wasn't there and he was still tied up downstairs. I do wonder if they literally had him tied up somewhere downstairs, but um, he was it was kind of just Sean being asked questions and then we did a bit of Q&A and then the door burst open, Rooker walked in and 
everything just went to pot. It was like he took over the Q&A. He was running around amongst the audience, asking questions, sometimes giving answers. It was crazy. There's a video for that up on there. It's one of the funniest panels I've done in a very, very long time. So that was really good fun. Game of Thrones did a panel with a whole bunch of the people from that that I mentioned earlier. There was a Smallville panel with Tom Welling, Michael Rosebaum, Erica and Laura. They were brilliant. It was so sweet seeing them together as well because you can tell they're really good friends and michael did a really funny intro bit as well which is also on the video so uh, you can go and watch that that's up online there was a very random dc universe panel which was zach levy donald logue who was bullock in gotham and matt ryan who is constantine in legends of tomorrow so um that was the weird thing about this you didn't know exactly who was going to be on what panel it seemed to be like they sort of say okay we're going to have a Lord of the Rings panel, but they didn't know exactly who they were going to be able to pull off the floor for long enough to be able to get on stage to talk for a bit. So it's like with that DC Comics panel, although there was loads and loads, like I say, Brandon Routh and other people were there. There were lots of DC related people there, but it was a case of, okay, that person's not busy, that person's not busy, and that person's not busy, and they're prepared to do a bit of chatting. Let's get them up on stage. The panels were a little bit random at times, but I mean, still really good fun. Lord of the Rings panel, Lee Pace, Dino Gorman, and Burn Hill, Doctor Who panel with Alex Kingston, Arthur Davil, and David Bradley. I also recorded the Cosplay Masquerade for cosplay fans if you want to go and watch that. They're all up on the YouTube channel if you want to go and watch those. The panels were just great. I, I really, really had a good time just sat watching these people talk, and they're just funny and fun. Yeah, youtube.com forward slash geek town if you want to go and look at those. They're also on the website. There is a post for Wales Comic Con on the website if you want to go and check that out. But yes, it's definitely a con I would recommend if you're nearby or if you want to travel some distance. So there seems to be a lot of people that travelled from Wales to get to that con as well. And uh, I think it must be fairly easy on the train to do. It is really, really worthwhile going to. And the guest list was really good. A few teething issues, so I'm told, regarding some of the signing and autograph, photograph queuing. Mm -hmm. But generally, the general consensus appears to be it was vastly improved on the previous venue where apparently it was in three different buildings so people were queuing outside oh, no. in the rain whereas this one it's all in one location they're all together uh, there were a few little issues and hiccups i think with some of the queuing systems but it's a new venue they're still working things out overall the the, the general consensus seems to be it was much much better organized than the last wales con so uh, if you fancy booking it what a, it may not be called wales comic con by the way next time it comes round because obviously it's no longer in wales so they may change the name of it to something else but we don't know what yet but uh it is definitely one worth looking at because i mean that guest list was just insane so i would recommend it next time that comes back around in terms of tv stuff though i watched the first episode of truth be told which is based on a book about a true crime podcast if that makes sense mm-hmm. um, and uh, octavia spence and aaron paul are the leads in it octavia spence plays a podcaster who was formerly a journalist and sort of made her career on the back of this murder that occurred and the 
accused person was a 16, 17 year old boy. Her articles are partly responsible for the reason that he got a life sentence and sentenced as an adult. It's now come round to an appeal. And at the appeal, there is a tape which they show and it's of the witness and it looks like the witness is being coached. And whilst his appeal doesn't go through, she looks at the tape and actually believes that she was coached. So she's starting to feel that maybe she put away the wrong person and had a hand in that. And he's feeling quite bad about it. And she wants to investigate it more. And of course, she's got this hugely popular podcast now. So that's where the story really kind of goes. It's her trying to get back in touch with this person who he's locked up in prison and obviously hates her because it was part of the reason he's in there. That guy's played by Aaron Paul. It's this ongoing kind of story of how those two people managed to work together it's it's kept very ambiguous about whether he is innocent or whether he isn't innocent you can't really Ooh. tell certainly from the first episode it, it really could go either way clearly there is some sh- shady stuff that he has done so it's quite interesting it's a solid cast it's well acted it's well put together i've only seen the first episode so far the first three i think are up on apple tv right now it's one that i'm going to be watching the rest of because i really enjoyed that first episode it's a solid drama apple apparently have got a bunch of awards they announced the golden globes today first time i think ever that not a single normal u.s network has got a golden globe award they've wow all they got gone, shut out yeah uh, so like and by that i mean the the standard broadcast networks so that's like fox yeah. abc the nbc cbs cbs none of them the only awards have gone to either the streaming services or hbo that's crazy it, it's nuts it's really nuts that's quite interesting. And we're not going to go through the Golden Globe Awards because they're obviously all over the internet if you want to go and look them up. But there were some very interesting things to come out of that. One of them being the fact that Game of Thrones has one nomination and it's for Kit Harrington as an actor. That's it <laughs> for that final season, which I think says everything about that final season. But um, yes, so the other show that I watched was V Wars, which is the new show from Ian Summerhalter, is it? The, the guy that... Yeah, Ian Summerhalter by the people behind Winona Earp ah, um, they're right, both okay. comics comic adaptations yeah there's a lot of similarities kind of to the strain actually it's it's uh, essentially yeah. starts off with uh, Ian this time around he's not playing the vampire but he's he's playing the the doctor that's trying to cure the kind of uh, vampire plague which has suddenly broken out he's essentially a virologist he deals primarily in ancient um, talking about the fact that the ice caps are melting and there yeah, are yeah and all the uh, all those interesting diseases all those interesting diseases suddenly re-emerge he's dealing with that there is a a research station that goes dark he gets sent out there with his best friend they realise that they're infected with something they come back he gets a little sick but doesn't appear to be turning but his best friend does and he's definitely turning into a vampire so it's that is the basic setup of it it's not vastly original and I mean we've seen other things but it is it's enjoyable and it's fun and it's well put together and well acted um, and certainly if you like those comic book adaptations I think it's certainly one that is worth going to watch but it's all on Netflix right now I think there's 8 or 10 episodes in the first season uh, they're hour long or 50 minutes to an hour time period so uh, worth going to look at though but that's called V Wars and it's over on Netflix the other thing of course I need to mention is the fact that this is still running <laughs> 
Nissan Awards. So uh, I love that stupidly over the top jingle. Uh, so that is still running right now. There is a huge prize up for grads if you want to go on and vote in the Geek Town Awards. There is a massive prize package. All you have to do is go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards. You can vote on your favorite movies, TV shows and games from the past 12 months and uh, fill out your details. You'll be entered into the competition there will, and there will be a prize draw in January and you could win lots of geeky goodies. You can go and see the full prize list on there, but it's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards for that. Let's have some TV and film news. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So TV and film news this week. We have uh, Channel 4 have renewed Ackley Bridge for a fourth season, but interestingly have switched the format. It used to be an hour long format and they've now switched it to 30 minutes, apparently, which is not something I've seen done before, but they've decided that a 30 minute format will probably work a bit better for the full season. Uh, and I think it's 10 episodes of 30 minutes each, apparently. So that's what they're going for. Not a show I watch, but it's out there if you want it. The murder mystery drama on the BBC Shetland has been renewed for two more seasons if you want to go and watch that. Some great news. There is finally one Chicago. So if you are a fan of the Chicago franchise, all three of the Chicago shows, so that's Chicago Med, Chicago Fire and Chicago PD are airing on one night together on Sky Witness, not on three disparate channels at entirely different <laughs> times. Uh, they are all coming onto Sky Witness from the 3rd of January. You will have Med at 8pm, Fire at 9pm and PD at 10pm. Apparently there is a crossover, which I think is episode six or yeah, something. Um, um, mega crossovers yes so the the crossover will actually be match up you will be able to watch it all in one go they're all going to be in one place you will actually be able to see this all together and it's something that I know fans of those shows have been screaming out for for a very very long time so uh, I'm glad that's finally happened for them over on BBC One Doctor Who is returning on New Year's Day and that will be followed by Dracula which is the new Gattis Moffat thing yeah I'm looking forward forward to both those the doctor who is got a bit of a love hate thing going on with the direction they've took it last season chris chibnall took it last season i actually quite like what they did with this and i i'm was quite enjoying it so i'm interested to see what they do this time around and i'm very much looking to see forward to seeing what gattis and moffat do with dracula they talked a little bit about that at mcm i don't know whether you were in that panel no i didn't go to that one they talked a bit about it down there and there's there's if you want to know a bit more background about that show there is an article up on the website about it but uh yeah it does sound really interesting and given the 
what a fan Gattis is of Dracula, I think you know that's going to be good. Sci-Fi UK has picked up the CBS action adventure series Blood and Treasure, and that's starting airing from Thursday the 19th of December. Do you know this? Because I haven't seen any of this. Yes, cheesy summer TV. Yes. Basically, yeah. It's it's already been renewed, so Mm. there's that. It features the guy who appeared in season two of Sleepy Hollow. Oh, right, okay. So he was the um, sort of roguish guy who joined the team. Oh, right, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's, he's the lead. Typical summer US stuff. Yes. Seemingly quite pricey for a summer show, whereas shows that tend to be renowned for being cheap and cheerful. Yeah. But yeah. this one has lots of exotic locales. Well, at least they look exotic. It could well just be a lot in Los Angeles. Yes. But, um, it's fun. Don't take it too seriously. The plot isn't exactly anything spectacular. It's basically a sort of treasure hunter and a thief, or an antiques expert and a thief that, that team up together to catch a terrorist. So yeah. it's already one of those stupid out there plots but um, yes it could be quite good fun it's on Sci-Fi UK though that uh, 19th of December if you want to go and catch that also on Sci-Fi UK Runaways the third and final season of that we've got an air date uh, 8th of January for that and uh, it's it's actually broadcasting at 2am and then they're repeating at 9pm so you can set your planner and watch it first thing in the morning and And it also features the last appearance of Cloak and Dagger yes it does for at least an episode yes they, they pop in for an episode I don't you need really need to know the Cloak and Dagger series to, no, to understand you'd be, that. Uh, you'll, you'll be, be fine. fine. Over on Netflix, though, there is a, a stupid amount of things coming over the Christmas period. You have premiere dates for The Witcher on the 20th of December. Then on Christmas Eve, Lost in Space Season 2 arrives. You Season 2 arrives on Boxing Day. Then you've got Titans, which arrives on the 10th of January for its second season. And Part 3 or Season 3 of of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's on going to be on the 24th of January on Netflix, which is a Friday. So, yeah, they're pretty determined not to have you move off your sofa for the like winter yeah, months. <laughs> so, uh, yes, there's going to be enough to keep you going. Very much looking forward to The Witcher. And I enjoyed Lost in Space Season 1. I'm yeah, I liked Lost in Space. I, I went in an interesting direction. I wonder mm. if they'll go back to more in keeping with the original series this time. I don't know. I mean, the, this the, season. As it looks like they're by themselves. I haven't seen the trailer, so... Yes, it looks like they're certainly more kind of by themselves this season. Uh, it seems to be a bit of the search for the robot again, but... Um, uh, yes. Yes, there's, there's a great bit in the trailer of them kind of sailing the ship because they land on a water planet or land in water or something. Um, uh, so the trailer's quite good. I quite enjoyed that. And, and you, season two, I'm very much looking forward to because I thought season one was that brilliant. I felt that you started well and then I think by the time we got to... Obviously, spoilers, you haven't seen it, but by the time we got to Psychiatrist, it's like, yeah, I don't really care anymore. I like that. I thought it, <laughs> it, has, it has some good points. I hope this season where they're off to LA. Yes. So we can see what Joe gets up to. It's also featuring a few actresses who I follow, so I'll be keen to watch. Yeah, cool. It's a, it's a new location and he's sort of set up a new identity and trying to escape but of course he gets obsessed by somebody again so uh, it looks like it could be quite good that and I did enjoy the first season the other thing was Legends of Tomorrow which of course does return in the new year we've had it confirmed from Sky they have definitely got the next episode of Legends in actual fact what I've been told as far as I'm aware from Sky the four shows that they do have well Arrow's obviously finishing but in terms of Supergirl Flash and Legends they will retain them on Sky 
away for the length of their broadcast from now on. That is apparently the new deal. So they're not going yes. anywhere. They're staying there. Just hope that if more spin-offs come... So who has Black Lightning? Black Lightning, we don't know at the moment. This, this is, in terms of the other shows, obviously the whole Batwoman thing, we are told by Sky that is somebody has bought it, but they don't know who and we don't know who and nobody has come forward with it. So there's that. It is still out there in the ether at the moment, and I'm sure it's getting pirated death by everybody because that's what people are going to do when they don't know where it's going to end up. In terms of Black Lightning, the last conversation that I had with Netflix was they don't know whether they're getting the third season. If they do, it will probably be as a box set after it's aired in the US because that seems okay. to be how... Um, it's like that's what's happened with and, Dynasty. Yeah, and it's airing right now Black Lightning yeah, is, it is alongside the other shows pretty much that's unfortunate I, we don't know I suspect it probably will end up on Netflix but will end up as a box set next year which sucks and I just go on a whole rant about how that's a stupid idea and it serves nobody because it, people that want to see it are just going to end up pirating it again but yeah that's the situation right now I am very happy to have Legends back that Legends trailer is just bonkers it's on the website if you want to go look at it but it is completely crazy starts off looking a bit like a a crisis trailer and then cuts into a sort of mr rogers tv show with ray in a cardigan kind of singing a kid's song it's very weird uh, but looks like it's going to be particularly strange and i love that series so uh yes i'm looking forward to that coming back we don't know exactly when they're going to return what we do know is all four of the crisis episodes aren't going to air until next year they've held them all partly because of the fact that they don't know where batwoman is and i think they're hoping that somebody announces in the new year that they've got batwoman and they will be airing it and hopefully they can line the crisis episodes up with the Batwoman episode of Crisis. That would be difficult because there are like, what, eight episodes before the before the Crisis one? Well, so yeah. So they need to line it up. That, so they need to line it up two months after Batwoman came out in theory. Yeah, I mean, unless whoever... I mean, it's like I say, we don't know where it is. So I, it's very, very difficult to, to know what's going to happen with that. It may be that they come back and then just end up airing the four episodes they have, which would suck. But like I say, I know people will go and find it online. They would have aired the Supergirl and the flash episodes that they they have and if they had batwoman obviously they would have just aired those now but because of the fact that they don't have batwoman they've decided to hold them until next year and hope the batwoman shows up somewhere in the uk in the intervening time um it's a mess we know it's a mess they know it's a mess there's nothing they can do about it they apparently can't buy it so that's what we're left with moving on to other news though um and but sticking with sky bulletproof the series cop drama from Noel clark and nashley walters that is coming back from a second season which we already knew but in addition to the second season they've also announced a three-part special so the second season is going to come in spring 2020 and the three-part special is going to be airing in autumn 2020 they've said and they've got a little game that's going up on the website as well which they're quite excited about so i should mention it really uh, but it's going up on sky.com it's using some sort of voice interactive ai thing so weird you're going to be able to kind of sit in an interrogation room and chat by the sounds of it to like interrogate a suspect i think that's the idea of it uh, so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued to see what they've come up with that uh, so that's going up on there but season two sees bishop and pike go undercover to infiltrate an international crime empire 
where their chase for justice will take them to the streets of from the streets of London to Amsterdam and Cyprus, where they will have to risk everything, including their police badges, to succeed. The special, which is coming later this year, sees them traveling to South Africa. That one's going to be set in, where there's going to be more action, more car chases, and a thrilling journey into the underworld of Cape Town, apparently. Uh, did you watch the first season of this? I haven't, no. I... It was very enjoyable. I mean, they're very watchable and they're very kind of fun together, those two on screen. It's a really solid buddy cop thing. And I'm kind of glad it's doing really well for them, you know, because it is very much their thing. You know, they created it with Nick Love. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that it's doing well for them, that I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that coming back. So uh, yeah, not only have one, but two helpings of uh, Bulletproof when that returns. In uh, other news over on the BBC, David Tennant is set to star as Phileas Fogg in a new adaptation of Around the World in 80 Days. Around the World in 80 Days, obviously the Jill Verne classic novel, where it starts with an outrageous bet with Fogg and his valet, Perpetu taking on a legendary journey, circumnavigating the globe in just 80 days. They bring along a journalist called Abigail Fix as well, who seizes the opportunity to report the extraordinary story. Um, so Tennant is playing Phileas Fogg. You've then got Ibram Coma, who is not a person I know particularly, but he's playing Paspatu. And Leon Benich, who has been in The Crown and White Ribbon, she's playing Abigail, the journalist. It comes from Ashley Farrow, who might not be a name you know, but you know some of his shows, written on Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes and Living in the Dead. Kaylee Ransom, who wrote on Child of Mine and Heartless, been directed by Steve Bannon, who's directed things like The Durrells and Treasure Island. He's lead director. You've got Charles Beeson, who's done The Mentalist and Supernatural. He's also directing some episodes as well. I'm sure, like you, quite happy to watch David Tennant in pretty much anything. So, yeah, don't you are. Gone from kind of playing a doctor, a demon, creepy mind control baddie. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's pretty much kind of been all over the place. Did you see any of the, um, what was that crime thing that they did on Netflix? I heard of it, but no, I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, it's like oh, set inside an interrogation room. Yeah, yeah. With lots of different big name actors. Yes, lots of different big name actors. Uh, Tenant was one of them, but I, I watched a couple of episodes of that. That was really good. They've done it in various different countries as well. So it wasn't just done in the uh, UK. They'd done it across different countries. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing David Tennant in that. I think that could be a good vehicle for him. Starts filming in February 2020, broadcast late 2020, and it will be coming to BBC One in the UK. And it's a big international production, so it's going to be in like Germany and France and Italy and a whole bunch of other places where BBC have it in the UK. That's all the news we have for this week. Let's move on to the interview. The interview this week is with production designer Corey Kaplan, who has recently been working on Truth Be Told, which is the new Apple TV Plus series starring Octavia Spence, Aaron Paul and Lizzie Kaplan. Truth Be Told is the story of a true crime podcaster, Poppy Parnell, who is played by Octavia Spence. Uh, she's called in to investigate a case of a convicted serial killer called Warren Cave, played by Aaron Paul, who is a man she incriminated after he murdered the father of two identical twins. Parnell must soon decide where the lines between guilt and innocent lie when Cave confesses to being framed for the crime. 
This was the show I was talking about earlier on. I've now seen the first episode. We did this interview before it came out, but I've now seen the first episode and really, really enjoyed it. It's well, well worth going to watch. For the show, Corey aimed to create sets that showcase both the life of the incarcerated Paul and podcaster Parnell, which goes between Cave's world and the wealthier lives of the supposed victims. Along with being a production designer, she's an artist who's experienced in photography, sculpture, installation art, dance. She's uniquely able to understand how the set and its detail appear on film and how actors interact with the set on camera. Along with Truth Be Told, other recent projects she's been working on is the Colby Smulders series Stumptown. She also worked on Scandal. She's worked on Grey's Anatomy. She worked on X-Files as well, along with a bunch of different movies and uh, various other projects. So she was really interesting to talk to. Here's the interview with Corey Kaplan. We'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. It's lovely to have you on the show. The project you've been working on most recently is the Apple TV Plus series, Truth Be Told. Uh, I believe it was the premiere quite recently. Yeah, I'm very excited. I went to the premiere last week and got to see it on a big screen. And I haven't done a feature in 20 years. (laughs) Your work on the big screen. And at the end of the show, I said, oh, my God. I want to go back to features. <laughs> it looks so beautiful. Good. That means you've and, done your job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I almost think that we should now have TV and movie theaters. I think people should just kind of go in there and, and zone out and there should be couches and people should watch TV on a big movie theater screen. It's, it's a great looking show. It's shot like a feature. It feels like a feature. Octavia is, is a feature in and of herself. And well, all yes. the actors were amazing. Yeah. All of them were amazing. It's got a stunning cast. I mean, you've got Octavia in there, uh, Aaron Paul, Lizzie Kaplan, Elizabeth Perkins, uh, Mikhail Pfeiffer, Ron Tessrus Jones. They've gone all out with it. So, uh, yes. They really have. And it has an edge. I'm surprised that Apple has allowed us to really go forward with this edge, not only for the subject matter. Uh, but f- with, with the actresses and to embrace, you know, the African-American elements uh, of class and, uh, you know, the Oakland biking culture versus Octavia, who's really moved up so quickly in the world. She has to straddle both sensibilities. Yeah. Uh, uh, having having made herself successful, but yet relate to her family and have her family still relate to her. Yeah. And that's, you know, um, I personally come from that, not being African-American, but being Polish, Italian, immigrant in New York, <laughs> living in Far Rockaway, born in Far Rockaway, you know, one of like three light-skinned girls out of an entire Puerto Rican community. Right. You, you have to fend for yourself and really fight to make something of yourself. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll always be hit with the doubtful eye because people know you didn't come from that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And Octavia has to continually fend for herself. Representing that and trying to continually create that was... Um, a nice challenge for me. How did you get involved with it? Well, having worked with Shonda Rhimes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Having done what I've done with Shonda for Shonda, it was a no brainer to just 
you know, move me down the block and have me set up at Paramount and help this story come along. The ingredients were a natural mix. There wasn't a hiccup yeah. going into that. With Scandal, which I did before, I did the, you know, the whole, all the years of Scandal, you know, Olivia Pope had a similar concern being an African-American woman and having to work in the established Washingtonian world. Yeah. She too had to maintain her position and with having an affair with the president and having a family that weren't always reputable. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it's how many different ways can we tell that story and have people accept and listen to that story in, in real life. When you read about it, when you hear about it when you hear about kids that have come from a bad place and have done good, yeah. you know, how, how yeah. much trust is there in that. So I've also adopted uh, Los Angeles County foster care kids that have come from a bad place. It just oh, wow. seems to be something oh, wow. that I feel kindred spirit with. So uh, it, it was a natural bond, a very natural bond. Uh, my kids came to the set and they loved meeting everybody. So <laughs> it was, it was really nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. um, in, in your work as, as the production designer for it, what sort of things were you doing? How did you approach coming up with the sets for the series? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to location scouting because you, you have to create Northern California yes. and Southern California. So that becomes an issue and a challenge. And, you know, we went up to Northern California, Chinatown. It's like, well, it's not quite Los Angeles's Chinatown. Right. So, you know, you, you kind of have to say, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah, we need to go up there and do second unit. That's where I would step in and say, guys, we really, we really, really can't do this. Or we really have to embrace certain elements in San Francisco and reproduce them and put them on the streets of L.A. So we don't confuse the audience or confuse the storytelling. You know, deciding to have her go over the bridge yeah. to go back and forth, it's symbolic and spiritual. Not my decision, it was everybody's decision. Yes, the bridge is very, very important. And the water is very, very uh, symbolic to see that. In, in certain parts of America, it's called going over the tracks, the other side of the tracks. Yeah. This is now the other side of the bridge. Um, how to create... Oakland. Well, we we did go down Slauson. We did kind of go to the area, the Watts area of Los Angeles to right. help create that. We were nervous about shooting there. I think we shot there one night. Yeah. <laughs> we, we faked it at the back of Paramount. Paramount is a wonderful studio and they've kept their old alleys and their old sets that were originally designed God knows, probably 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've held on to a good number of them so we can keep on shooting on the lot. Unfortunately, the way television is these days, in the older days, you'd have much longer scenes that would play out in one location. Now everything's fast cutting, moving from place to place. It's moving, 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 moving. It's tricky for a TV show to try to schedule themselves to move to three different locations in one day. Yeah. That's why 
you have to just shoot at the lot and you have to depend on the expertise of the production designer and the new most important person in the creative end of the business is the visual effects. Yes, of course. You wouldn't think there was a huge amount of visual effects in a show like this, but I guess there is because it's people replacing backgrounds and, you know, the, the exactly. setups and all that sort of stuff. So it, it's there is I love effects like that where you don't actually see any of them because it's easy. It, you know, it's easy to spot them in like a Marvel movie or something. And then you get a show like this and they're all over the place and you just don't yeah, see they're, it. They're removing palm trees. They're removing phone lines. They're removing signs that say, you know, the AT&T bill, you know, things that yeah. you can't because you do have legal clearance. They're, they're taking care of all of that. Yeah. Whereas before it would have been a nightmare. We, we would have, I don't, you know, we would have kept looking. <laughs> it would have taken us days to find something or to please throw in a skyline. If we're shooting it in an alley at Paramount, please throw in a skyline that makes you, you know, say that says uh, Northern California. And, and that's what we would do. Um, I, I did the TV show Cold Case and it was supposed to shoot in Philadelphia and this was, you know, God, 10 years, 12 years ago, when it, we would get stuck taking the cast and flying to Philadelphia <laughs> once every four episodes to shoot a weekend. So we would get all of the Philadelphia shots. That's a lot of expense. It was a lot of hard work. Now we don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Somebody could just drop it in behind them. <laughs> exactly. So um, the the other um, element that that was a uh, tough for me is you know if she lives in a wealthy house, we find it up in Malibu Pacific Palaces. I have to build the interior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're beginning a show, you don't have all the scripts up front, right? And I have to look in a, in a crystal ball and think, are they ever actually going to want to walk through the front door of that house in Pacific Palisade, Jamal? Are they going to want to go in? How closely do I redesign this set on stage so that it still works yeah. and with the location? So that was my big challenge. I stayed with the feeling of the house that we picked. Just in, case. <laughs> Just in case it ever came up, which it didn't, strangely enough. But, right. you know, you know this, we might have a season two. We don't know yet. And maybe in season two, they'll want to go into the actual house. We'll yeah. see. The other thing, of course, is you've got one character who is in prison, uh, Warren Cave, who is the Aaron Paul's character. Do, did you do research on the prisons and stuff for that? And how did you come to the design that you came up with? We did go up there and scout and we did actually shoot a day outside of the prison. Right. Uh, but what we used was a prison in Los Angeles. And at that point, I had to say, okay, we're not going to go with the research. We're just going to go with what we have and make what we have look amazing, <laughs> amazing, and, and help get the emotion across between those two sitting in that room doing what they're doing. Yeah. That was the key goal. How, how, you know, how do you get the reflection of all the half inch thick, you know, plexiglass around them, the, the scarred metal tables, the feeling of 
of the rooms where people are visiting right behind them. So it's never dry and dull. And although they're in a capsule, everybody could see into the capsule. They don't have their privacy, which is so much nicer. I've, I've done a lot of interrogation rooms. Yes. Always feel so insular. And you couldn't hear a body fall. It's just so quiet and dead in there. This was filled with echoes and life and hardness. And you could see out into the world around you, although we never really, you could sense if a guard was circling them. And then at a certain point, I built it on stage. Right. I rebuilt it knowing what worked in the actual prison. And then I rebuilt it on stage in a way that worked even better because, you know, the problem when you're shooting actual prison, you've got really thick walls. You cannot <laughs> yeah. come out of the way to, to be able to bring a camera in. Technology has allowed us to work with less lights and smaller cameras, which makes it much easier for us to get around and not sweat to death from having a 5K on your back. (laughs) This made that possible. But, you know, we we couldn't always, once again, when you're trying to shoot three completely different scenes in one day, the jail might be a small part of Octavia's house in that day. And this maybe an actor's availability crushes you into a certain problem where you have to figure out how to do all this on stage. I'm blessed to be working with the same construction crew for years. So we all can read each other's minds and we swing on a dime with that one. I'm sorry the research didn't really come into it, but I've done so many jails. (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking, I mean, you know, things like scandal and cold case and and those sort of stuff. Yeah, amount of jails you must have created over your time. Uh, And and different periods too. I mean, not that they change that much, unfortunately, you know. No. If you've seen it now, 50 years ago, you've seen it now, although they have different areas where people can hang out altogether, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you are dealing a little bit with time periods throughout this show as well, because there's obviously sort of flashback stuff with the, the younger version of Aaron Paul's character. So True. were there visually many differences in terms of what you were doing for the set for that? We, I mean, I'm not well, entirely sure on the gap of the time period. Yeah, it was interesting because we had to build the house that Lizzie Kaplan was in. It was so curious that she played herself and her sister. Right. And it was so amazing to me. But thank God when she played, the, when it was the younger daughters, we had two girls. <laughs> right. And we had to spell out what they would be interested in and how exciting were they to what level of color and joy came into their life, knowing that their father was a scholar, their mother was an artist, and then the father died. And there was a certain amount of neglect and abuse. Mm. And how do you portray that? And it's an interesting question. Fine for me to design the room in the shape of the house, the location that we found. Uh, Mandy, our location manager, was amazing. She found a great house, lots of angles, lots of nuances. It's, it's a very, very old craftsman house. But the most difficult question always comes to the writers when the decorator says, what are the artifacts that you want to show about these people? Yeah. And they, that's where they scratch their head and they go, God, I don't know if they she does crossword puzzles. I don't know if she played a piano. I don't know. If she, and, and that's where, you know, we do our research and uh, it's so much wonderful stuff you can find online. And you can put together pages that uh, show, show lovely pictures that I put together, that I do put together. And I say, is this your character? Did right. she 
have a pet tarantula or is she frightened of them? Did she have bunnies? Is How do you put together their character? And thank God the writers were really able to respond to that. And there was, and we went with bright color, really bright color. And that's the one thing about, you know, that hippie-esque sensibility. I was a hippie and I'm much older than the mom, but you know, <laughs> Uh, it really, I mean, I could relate to bright, bright colors. And I felt like Northern California, you could do that. There, yeah. There's a, there's a certain amount of Jimi Hendrix will never die up there. So <laughs> you, you, you could really do that. And, and we did. And you felt the free love element that would happen in that household, especially for those girls. So that, that flashback part of it was fun, but they move and a conservative gay couple are in the house. Right. So we had to quickly transform everything into it's like, well, what happens when that entire house is swept clean and people get to put their own impression on it? And, you know, once again, in the TV show, we had no time to do this. You know? Yeah, yeah. You have to just figure out how, how to make that happen. And we did. You, you'd never know it's the same place. Yeah. You never know. That's part of reality. We, we all end up having to leave where we've come from and and then perhaps go back and visit and smell different smells that come from the kitchen when you go to visit and think about, wow, I would never put a carpet like that in my living room. But <laughs> I guess it kind of works for them. It would have never imagined, you know, so that's what we did. Yeah, It's hard. You have to take your taste out of it yeah. and you have to yourself into the character and recently we had to do a on this new show i'm on Stumptown right now we had to do a modern conservative christian house right and it's like i would never paint a house orange but this is the time (laughs) (laughs) and it is art i love it you know it's like you have to pull yourself out of yourself and put yourself into the character shoes this is production design is similar to what an actor does you they have to really kind of live it and breathe it yeah yeah Sometimes they they feel that production design is more about going to school to be an architect. It's like, nah, you have to be a little bit of everything. You have to be a gift of so many different talents to to do your job as a production designer. At least in in my case, that's how I feel I have to be. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I've I've spoken to some people that are production designers before who've gone through a background in architecture. And one of the reasons that they came onto production design was the fact that one, after spending days, weeks, months, years designing, designing air conditioning systems for some tower block somewhere. <laughs> uh, they, they kind of decided it wasn't for them. And, and it is also the fact that you can build things that don't have to stay up forever. <laughs> so, That's true. That's true. Um, Stumptown, you mentioned there, which is the new Colby Smolder series, that hasn't got a home over here yet, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing it. It looks brilliant, and I love Colby. She's amazing. She's a, such a good actress and a good character, and she really brings unbelievable warmth. I've been very fortunate. Carrie Washington was amazing and Colby is every bit as interesting. She's amazing too. That's an interesting one because technically it is a comic book adaptation, although the, it's not what most people would think as a comic book adaptation because it's very much based in a sort of reality, isn't it? So It is, but you know, there's freeze frames that right. post- 
did that turned a frame that was shot into a comic book. Oh, nice. Okay. And it's really, really a nice way of transitioning. And everybody's looking for a way to transition. I, I, I noticed one recently that uh, I don't know if you've seen the morning show yet. Yes, I have. It's fabulous. Notice that transition that they do with it going digital and overlapping. They, they do cross exposure where you do. Yeah. Di- it's very, very interesting. People are searching for a new way to really create a montage effect. And this going into this kind of comic book moment really helps sell the idea that these guys are the parody of life. And her background is a smart beautiful woman who walks around like she's still 17 in high school, but had been working in the war doing special op kind of situations. So she is an anomaly of many character types, taking care of a special needs brother and not having her sexuality clear, whether she's a lesbian or straight, which is played all the time. Her best friend who ran a bar, but he's really an ex-con and she doesn't know it. I mean it, it has so many twists and turns there is not a boring moment in this show I'm very very much looking forward to seeing that I'm sure it will get picked up by somebody over here but uh, that's one I'm very much looking forward to you mentioned Scandal Cold Case the other big thing that you worked on of course was X-Files uh, yeah that must have been a fascinating if rather stressful job I imagine yeah X- X-Files was probably still the most amazing experience I've ever had and it was seven days a week and it went on for four years no budget there was no but you know yeah. you, you're you're asked to build this you know the the Anastasi ruins three stories of ruins on the side of a mountain and that's what you do and helicopters will blow it up and that's what you do <laughs> so there, there was never too many people to big a crew I just had whatever the imagination could come up with and Chris Carter was very 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 well organized. There would always be a script on time. You weren't waiting for a script. We would all sit there at the table. There'd be maybe 40 of us reading the script. And and with our long list of questions, we would go from person to person and figure out how each department was going to do what they did. It was extremely well organized. I came on to that with Bernie Caulfield, who did Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. Her and I are old friends. We've, we've done a lot of shows together and we finished one Disney movie. It, it was kind of our first TV show, to be <laughs> honest. It was like a quite a big one to step into, but, yeah. but we did. And then she left. So she went on to do Game of Thrones, but I, I stayed in town to raise a family. And <laughs> We all have our, our choices in life, and that was mine. Uh, no regrets. It, but the, you know, to, to be able to build all of the things that we were able to build, and, and we didn't have visual effects. Yeah. So if a part man, part lizard crawling through a catacomb, and he was crawling from the floor to the wall to the ceiling, that set would spin. <laughs> we would have sets that or, or we did a, the Brady Bunch house where you know the Brady Bunch is spiritually yeah. attacked we had to build the attic upside down and people were walking on the ceiling I mean we would build these crazy things uh, you're sitting there at a table with 40 people going through the script it's like okay Mulder says that cow ate my breakfast as he looks out the window and sees the cow in the path then the next 
next thing you know, the cow catapults up in the air and comes through the roof of his hotel room and lands on the bed. (laughs) Season six, six, like episode two, I think. So guys, how am I going to get that cow (laughs) fly through the roof of a hotel room and land on the bed? These are straight face. These are the meetings that we'd have every, every eight days. There would be another meeting like that. And everybody would have answers. It was the greatest team of minds. Yeah. Really, really clever people. If you were going to put together an army to fight a tremendous situation, a battle scene, a battle that was actually happening, you would want to hire a crew like the head on the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. I, yeah. I just, it, it is one of those things that you just look at the script sometimes and going, well, I never thought I'd have to think about that this morning. <laughs> Exactly. Right. You know, I I would wake up and I would take a shower and I would have to design a set while I was in the shower and I'd be washing my hands and thinking, okay, I could do that. I'd get in the car, I'd be stuck in the shower. Okay, I could walk onto the office and be like, okay, I got it for the next two or three sets. And that's how fast you had to operate. And I remember my very first year, right this very time when we were getting ready to finally go on break for Thanksgiving, my whole, I think we had a week off and they gave me a script before I left my husband took me to a nice little bed and breakfast and it's a show about a hotel that gets flooded every floor the hallways every room the hotel the whole place gets flooded it was an apartment building that got flooded and the creatures start coming in with like octopuses but they were <laughs> gelatinous octopuses and they start crawling through the walls and strangling people and I call the producer Bernie I'm like Bernie I'm on vacation I know we are but have you opened to page five? Have you opened to page 10? Have you opened to page 20? And I get a call back from her two hours later. I guess Chris was in Europe or something. She said, Corey, um, can you tell your crew to quit their vacation and come back to stage and start building that hotel? And that was it. <laughs> that was it. We had to go back to work. I just like, honey, sorry. We're going to have to have turkey at McDonald's or something. I see. That was it. It was, wow. it was really, really that hard. That was Aguamala by Rob Bowman. That was the name <laughs> of that. And it's so funny. Those shows are so unbelievable. I can remember the names and the directors so many years later. Yeah. Well, I can imagine with things like that coming at you. <laughs> yeah. It's like really a hundred foot long hotel room elevated four feet in the air so that we can run water throughout the whole damn place. <laughs> That's what we'll do. We built it. Great, great show. I mean, all of those shows were amazing. They yeah. were the Twilight Zones, uh, the Twilight Zone of the new millennium. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love that series. It was it was amazing and an incredible job, as you say, because kind of pre CGI as well. Pretty much, it's yeah, incredible. I'll come to my last couple of questions because we've been on nearly half an hour. So, uh, so the first one is what. TV shows are you watching at the moment? Well, I've just watched Mercy Street because oh, yeah. D- David Zabel, who started this show, did it along with David Rosemont. Right. Um, they're two favorite men of mine, and uh, I wanted to see their work. I know the production designer who retired and um, Martha Pinot, the decorator, and I'm uh, very much in admiration. The other one, which totally doesn't make any sense, but I just laugh at this. What they do in the shadows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Fantastic. Yes. Funny. 
David Rosemont and I were going over our budget last night for set deck. And, you know, it's like, Corey, we got to take away more money. And I looked at him and I went, I gave one of those. (laughs) 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 And and he started laughing because he got it. I mean, he started doing it back to me. And it was like, and you know what? He gave me the money for the budget. (laughs) 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 It's just silly shows like Barry. Barry is my favorite. Barry is unbelievable. After a hard day of work, I sometimes love escapism. I love reality, but I love escapism. Barry is a twist on on things. Still, one of my favorite shows is My Name is Earl. I'll always love Earl. Right, yeah. Yeah, funky taste. Last question. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, can be something from the past or something present or something future, not something you've already worked on, which show would it be? I can't give a name because it's being shot right now, and I didn't get it. I was up for it. I believe it's being shot in Poland, and it's a fairy tale show about an old world. I'd say it's it's better than the X Files. That's why I think I really, 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 really wanted it. The protagonists find out is that they are a fake town, and they're really only in a fake world. And it's very sci-fi prehistoric. I love the combination. I love creating the world. When I interviewed for this, I did a presentation. Right. And I designed the old world meets sci-fi and the idea of putting those two together. Mm. Spirituality, the, the spiritual feeling of what you think can send you into the future, but you are still clad in a loincloth. You know, it's like right. that, that was it and how to do that right so it isn't hokey that sounds fascinating i'll keep an eye out for that i know i know when it when it comes on if it makes it onto the air i will then say this was what i was talking about right it was in another country and i feel like i'm ready you know i did the mind walk i don't know it's an old feature we shot it in mont saint michel and i loved working in europe i'm kind of ready now that the kids are out of the house i'm ready to back and 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 uh, work on something uh like that although i love doing what i'm doing too i, I have love being with my crew i'd miss everybody if i left and i've been very stable for the past i'd say 19 years doing yeah. television but I, I do miss creating worlds well i'm you know there is so much tv out there at the moment and there's just more and more and more stuff being made every single day and more streaming services and more competition so i'm i'm sure there'll be something that comes up that that uh, yeah and, and and that they like me they have to like me please <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they will i'm sure there'll be more stuff that comes up that that's exactly the sort of thing you're after thank you thank you from your mouth to <laughs> awesome well i i better let you go and get on with the rest of your day but uh, thank you for spending a bit of time to chat through your stuff and i'm very much looking forward to the series coming out oh great i hope you guys love it i hope you really enjoy it i'm very much looking forward to it hopefully when the next thing comes up you can come back on and talk to us again that'd be great i look forward to speaking with you again you're very very sweet thank (laughs) you Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been lovely chatting with you. Talk to you soon. Same here. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Corey Kaplan. Hope you enjoyed that. 
Truth be told, is out on Apple TV Plus right now. Uh, Apple TV Plus, you can get via uh, the Apple website. There are apps available if you've got Apple devices. You can also get it on Roku sticks. I think it's on the Amazon Fire Stick as well, though I could be wrong about that, but it's definitely on the Roku Stick. Uh, so it's it's available all over the place, and you can get it online as well. I think it's five ninety nine a month. Well worth getting, though. It's got some great shows on there. Here's some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> So highlights for next week on TV. We have uh, not that many shows, but, you know, a few decent ones. Four Weddings and a Funeral. This show is starting on Stars Play. Uh, I know there is a lot of people cursing this of like, how dare the Americans make a British classic. Uh, but uh, it's a limited series. It comes from Mindy Catling of the Mindy Project, inspired by the British romantic comedy. It's very much not a remake of it. It is an entirely different new story based on the idea of four weddings and a funeral, as far as I'm aware. That's coming to Stars Play for its first season on the 12th of December, if you want to go and see that. The Grand Tour is back for, well, sort of season four. It's the first of the specials because, as you probably remember, they moved from the big tent format into the specials format, which is what they're doing from now on. The first one is the Grand Tour Presents Seamen because it's based on boats and their children. And they decided to go. <laughs> so, oh, dear. Yes. So it is called the Grand Tour Presents Seamen. But uh, that is coming on the 13th of December. If you want to go watch that, I will probably check that out because it looks like it could be quite good fun. The Expanse also comes to Amazon Prime. That's for season four. That's on the 13th of December as well. I'm hugely looking forward to the return. Of that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And obviously Amazon Prime already has the other seasons, so you should have caught up and you should be entirely ready to watch it. Yes, yes, you um, should be. If you are a fan, an existing fan of The Expanse, you could do worse than heading over to HollywoodDoSource.com and typing in Kazanva because you can see an interview I did with him oh, cool. um, last season just before the big news of Amazon picking them up came right. out before we knew they were coming back for sure you've seen the video of them getting picked up oh, it's I the haven't. cutest thing they announced it at there was like an event for, yeah, I think it was in like it was, a NASA it, event or yeah, something it was announced at some weird science event yeah and they announced it there and they're all like cheering and hugging each other it's really cute um, but yes uh, so that is back for its fourth season and already picked up for a fifth season as well very very happy about that if, you've, if you're into sci-fi at all go and watch The Expanse it's an incredible some of the best hard sets on TV best hard sci-fi TV it's just superb over on BBC Three Shrill which is a a comedy series starring A.D. Bryant, who is from Saturday Night Live, as Annie, who is a larger young woman who wants to change her life, but not her body. That is coming to BBC Three on the 15th of December, if you want to go and watch that. This is very much the calm before the storm, because there is a lot and lot of stuff coming over Christmas. If you do want to know what is coming over Christmas, by the way, you can go to geektown.co.uk forward slash Christmas and we have a list of all the one-off specials and all the Christmas specific shows over on there as well as well as the main air date list there is a Christmas list as well which is forward slash Christmas so go and check that out and that's it for our news and stuff this week Daryl where can they go and find you if they want to find more information on your stuff so if you want to talk Arrowverse any yeah. sort of comics or TV stuff you can find me on Twitter at Shaftsword which is S-H-A-F-C-S-W-O-R-D and you can find things like my interviews and my articles by heading over to Hollywood 
thebuddhnewsource.com. And we also have YouTube, so you should definitely go over there and sub, since YouTube have been cleaning subs recently. Oh, so everyone's got less. Right. So we go. need those. <laughs> yes. Subs are precious. Yes, they are. Yes. Uh, so so go and do that. Go and subscribe. Um, Welsh over there. You can subscribe on youtube.com forward slash geekdown as well. So, uh, yes, obviously for us, lots and lots of news going up. Now America is back from Thanksgiving and they've kind of woken up again. Uh, <laughs> so uh, lots of news going on over there. Go to the website at geektown.co.uk. Go to enter the Geektown Awards, which is forward slash awards. As I say, there is a Christmas list up there. That's forward slash Christmas on the end of the URL. For everything else, if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.